This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. I got an Arab Shabbos. Hope everyone is well. You know, there's a saying, there's a phrase, timing is everything. We all know that if you're at the right place at the right time, good things happen. Sometimes, unfortunately, we're at the wrong place at the wrong time. But we know timing is really sums up so much of what occurs in our lives is the time when something happens. In this week's parasha, we find something unbelievable about timing. We know the backdrop of this week's parasha where Yaakov and Yosef are, are reunited after so many years apart. It's really a difficult story to read as we go through the parish and we relive the story every year. Although we know the ending, we know the story, we know the outcome. But we read it and we almost get into their shoes and we start to feel as parents and as children what it must have felt like to be Yaakov wondering where his son was. Or what it must have felt like to be Yosef being so distant from his father and they were so close beforehand. And then we come to this week's parasha and this is the highlight of Sefer Bereshit, this week's parasha is the happy ending that every story needs when finally Yaakov and Yosef meet up again and they embrace each other and they catch up, so to say. And this is just like that perfect moment in time where you say, ah, beautiful, fantastic, amazing, so joyful, so happy, the, reu- the reunion of a lifetime. You know, you can imagine what it made front page on every newspaper, Yaakov and Yosef hugging that moment that, that, you know, that photographer that got the shot of Yaakov and Yosef hugging each other. Yet, Chazal tell us something so interesting about their meeting. The Pasuk tells us in this week's parasha that they meet up with each other and they fall on each other's neck and they cry. But Rashi tells us, quoting from Chazal, but it wasn't that simple. Chazal tells us that Yosef was crying. But Yaakov, Yaakov did not fall on the neck of Yosef. And he didn't even kiss him. Why? Says Rashi, Chazal tells us, because at that time, Yaakov was busy saying Kriyashma. Yaakov was unable <clears throat> to give him that hug and that kiss, that welcoming embrace, because he was in the middle of saying Kriyashma. Wow, think about the timing of this. We know the mitzvah of Kriyashma expands through the day, then we have a different obligation at night. But how can it be the timing is so unbelievable here? That at the same moment where Yaakov is embracing his son that has been away, who he assumed was dead, at that moment he couldn't, he's saying Kriyashma. He couldn't have said it five minutes before, he could have said it five minutes after. And if this is the end of this man Kriyashma, so why wasn't Yosef saying Kriyashma? One of the more complicated memory chazal in this week's parsha. How could it be that Yaakov Avinu at the moment where he wants to express to his son, why is it at that moment, all of a sudden now he realized I didn't say Kriyashma. Many, many answers are given. Many pshatim are said. But I think there's one pshat that really, I believe, can change our outlook on life and give us an amazing amount of chizuk. One of the pshatim they say is that Yaakov Avinu could have davened Kriyashma before. He did say Kriyashma before. <clears throat> but at this moment, Yaakov was inspired, was motivated to say Kriyashma. Why? Because in the Kriyashma, which we recite so many times a day, the opening passage starts off, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Eloikeinu, Hashem Echad. We use two different ways to describe Hashem. Yud Kevavke and Eloikeinu. Those are two different shemas of Hashem. One refers to Midas Haddin, so to say, toughness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the other one refers to Rachamim. The softness, the kinder side of a Kaddish Baruch. And throughout life, we go through different chapters where we see Midas Adin very strong. 
and everything seems to be going wrong, and everything seems to be failing, and nothing seems to be going right. And we say, Hashem, enough with the din. And then we have those chapters in our life where it's endless rachem, everything is going right. It's a perfect day. The stock market is well. The kids are behaving. Everything is just, it's going perfect. And you say, ah, rachamim is winning today. But what do we say at the end of the Shema? Hashem Elekeinu, Hashem Echol, it's the same Hashem. It's not two Hashems. It's not the one day Hashem is one day Hashem is a different way. It's everything in our life is a combination of Rachamim and Din, and even the Din, even the, the harsh judgment is Rachamim also. It's laced, it's filled with Rachamim. Because Hashem Echol, it's only one Hashem, it's not two Hashems. So when Yaakov Avinu came back, to, when he came down to Mitzrayim after missing his son, and now he sees his son and he knows the whole story, he says to himself, how can I not acknowledge that Hashem Shema Yisrael? Yosef, Yaakov was self-motivated at this time to say to himself, wow, I see the din and I see the rachamim, and it's all one. Hashem Echot, it's all one. This last 20 years, 20-something years of separation wasn't just because Hashem was mean to me and Hashem was tough with me. This was setting the stage for the future. That my son Yosef will be second in command and he's going to be successful in Mitzrayim. And ultimately my family will move there. It was specifically at that moment where Yaakov Avinu realized that all the pain and all the suffering, all the din, was really Rachamim. It was really wrapped with Rachamim. And at that moment, he was motivated to say Shema. So why did Yosef say Shema? Because Yosef learned this already earlier. Yosef's entire life was seeing the ups and downs. He was sold. He was in jail. He was taken out of jail. Yosef saw directly already how everything is din and rachamim. So he wasn't as motivated as his father. But Yaakov didn't see the end of the story yet. He only saw half a story. He saw Yosef being taken away from him. And now when he sees the second half of the story, he says, wow, Hashem Echad, it's all one. Rachamim and din is all wrapped in one. <clears throat> we say in the Tehillim, we say it on Shabbos, in the morning it's chesed, we see it. But at night when it's dark, when it's, when it's dreary, when it's depressing, then it's a muna, you have to believe. We all go through those chapters in our lives where things just look depressing. It doesn't seem to make any sense. It doesn't seem to be going right. It doesn't seem to be fair. We say to ourselves, Hashem, this is also your rachamim. This is not you just being mean to be mean. This is wrapped in it. Not saying we always understand it but it's wrapped in it. An element of din. And that's what we're supposed to think every single time when we say Kriyashma. When we utter the words, famous words, many Jews died with these words on their lips. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echa. What does that mean? That's the battle cry of the Jewish people. It means Hashem, no matter what you do to me, no matter what you give me in my life, I know and I believe Echad, it's one. It's all Rachamim and Din wrapped together. And everything that you do has that touch, that feeling. That significance of Rachelim as well. But the, Klo- the Klausenberger Rebbe added one element. And the Klausenberger Rebbe was a, was a person who suffered. He lost 11 children in the Holocaust. And a wife. Suffered. Lost a Kehillah. Rebuilt in America. And ultimately in Eretz Yisrael. And he said something that will change our Kriyashmas. He says, you know why? It says in Shulchan Aruch that we're supposed to cover our eyes when we say Kriyashmas. And there are numerous reasons given. The most simple reason is so you can have better kavana. Said the Klozenberger Rebbe, and I heard this from Abasha Weiss, it's so beautiful. He said, you know why you close your eyes? He said, because if you keep your eyes open, it's very hard to see Rachamim and Din wrapped in one. You can't really see that Echad, that one of Hashem. It's hard to see. You open up your eyes and you look around the world, well, sometimes we just see Din. We don't see the Rachamim. Said the Klozenberger, close your eyes. You know when you close your eyes, 
you can imagine, you can picture a little easier. And he says, that's why we close our eyes when we say Kriyashma. So we can internalize and feel and believe that it's Echad, it's one. The Rachamim and the Din are not two separate entities, they're one. And all the difficulties in life is wrapped some way, somehow in Din, with Rachamim. And the Din is not just straight Din, it's Rachamim. All the difficult things that we experience are also forms and versions of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rachamim. I'll share with you an amazing story I came across this week. Really an amazing story. There was Rosh Hashiva in Eretz Yisrael. Who lived in Eretz Yisrael. Quite a successful Rosh Hashiva. Had a yeshiva. And one day, one of his children, his daughter, came down with a very rare disease. No one in Eretz Yisrael was able to treat it. They didn't know what the problem was, how to fix it. They sent him to America. Comes to America. He came with his entire family. Anticipating this would be a short stay in America. Fix the problem and move back. And finally, they get a doctor's appointment in Muncie, New York. And they go to Muncie and the doctor says, yes, there's... We understand what the problem is. It's going to take six months of treatment for her to be able to go back. And the Rosh Hashiva was so depressed. Six months? I can't stay in America for six months. I have a yeshiva to go back to. My family, my kids have school in Eretz Yisrael. But he had no choice. His daughter needed six months worth of some form of treatment here in Muncie, New York to stay in New York in America. So you can imagine the feeling of the Rosh Hashiva, the depression, the sadness. But he had no choice. This is the only way his daughter is going to get better. So he did what he had to do. When he's driving back, from the doctor, it was Friday, he's driving back with his family for Muncie, and they're driving to go to Brooklyn to be with grandparents for Shabbos. And it's in the winter and there's a terrible snowstorm. And they're not going to make it to Brooklyn for Shabbos. Now this is a Yushalmi family who's here in America, just got the biggest blow that they're stuck now for six months. They don't really know anyone here. And they're stuck on a highway somewhere with snow coming down on a short Friday. Everyone's nightmare, but definitely for a family like this, it's only multiplied. But they have no choice. They start walking to find the house, to find the place where they can go in. Now you can imagine, if we, if we stop the story now, imagine putting ourselves in this Yid's shoes, you can just imagine. He feels like he's being beaten after being beaten down by a Kaddish Baruch Hu. First this, then this, he's just ice convinced. And finally he finds a, a door with a mezuzah, knocks on the door, and the person takes him in, and beats his family in, and says, yes, stay with us for Shabbos. <coughs> They were ready to have guests on really a last minute, but they took this family in. They started talking over Shabbos, and they realized this host who took this Rosh Hashiva and his family from Eretz Yisrael and happens to be very close with Rav Moshe Feinstein. I'm sure it's by Rav Moshe Feinstein. And he said, let me take you and your family to Rav Moshe, to Rav Moshe, come to Rav Moshe. So they even bring the daughter who was sick to Rav Moshe. And the daughter goes to Ramosha and Ramosha gives her a bracha. It should be batzlocha. Everything should be good. You should get better. Everything should be fantastic. And kachave. The bracha for Ramosha was unbelievable in the skyim. They went back to the doctor a week later. Everything was gone. Everything cleared up. There was no more left infection. No reason to stick around. But even more than that. So most people say, ah. So the Yitz said to himself, Akash Baruch what looked like the worst thing in the world was the best thing in the world. Because I got stuck on the highway on a Friday in a snowstorm, and I had to stick, I ended up in a house by, who knew Rav Moshe, and Moshe gave my daughter a bracha, but the story gets even better. This family from Eretz Yisrael had a nephew who was already getting older and needed a shidduch. This family that took, this family from Eretz Yisrael and had a daughter who needed a shidduch. When the family from Eretz Yisrael got back, they realized that this is a beautiful shidduch. And they made this shidduch with their nephew, with the daughter of the Misharis of Rav Moshe, and they made a shidduch for this couple. So what looked like at the time as the worst tragedy in the world, being broke, you know, snowstorm on a Friday, stuck in America, all this seems so bleak and so rach, so din. 
it turned out to be the biggest bracha because from this story, the daughter got a bracha from Ramesh Feinstein that she should be better and the shidduch was made between two older singles. This is what we live with every single day. We have to look and find amidst the din. And there's a lot of din in the world. We always have to remember it's always rachamim. It's not din, it's rachamim. It's not easy. Very often we don't see the end of the story. Very often there isn't a perfect ending like this story. But we believe it. And when we say Kriya Shema, let's remind ourselves. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu. There's the same Hashem, Echad, it's one. The Din and the Rachamim is all one. We have to look to see where in the Din can we find the Rachamim. Mr. Hashem will change our attitude on life, will change how we daven for sure. Mr. Hashem, our who should send us only Rachamim, only good things, only wonderful news, only brachas v'yeshuas for ourselves, for our families, and for all of Klai Yisrael. Have a wonderful Shabbos.